0: Go on the normal radio. Free weed, free weed. oy oy Danny Danko, come to show you how we grow. You're now tuned into Free Weed from Danny Danko.
1: All right, welcome to episode number 86 of High Times Presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. I am Danny Danko. Thanks to Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. And we're excited. Episode 86, uh, coming out every week now. Hope you guys enjoy. We're going to talk about some news, do an issue preview for our December Top 10 Strains issue. Um, Get a very interesting cannabis science update from from our science editor here at High Times. And uh, cultivation. Lots of cultivation. We got your Grow Q&As. Uh, We're going to answer those Q's with A's (laughs) and uh, play a nice game of Puff Puff Pass. So uh, stick around for episode number 86.
2: Oh man, Dan, I'm excited. Do you know why I'm excited right now?
1: Why are you excited, Mike? Because
2: every year I wait. I wait until December, and then you drop the top (laughs) ten strains of the year on me, and every year I am delighted. Thank you. And this year is
1: no different. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, I've been doing this for over a decade now, picking these strains for the December issue of High Times Magazine. And, uh, yeah, this year was, uh, was no different. We picked some great ones, uh, Cannabis Cup winners, high uh, THC testing strains, and flavorful, most important. A lot of interesting flavors. A whole we, new- don't, we
2: don't want to give a bunch away, but you're going to talk about one in detail a little later in the show, right? Absolutely.
1: And uh, I don't know if people know this, but this is the first time we've ever done scratch and sniff. Like the centerfold has a scratch and sniff for the orange cookies strain. Um, so
2: this is in the December issue of High Times. Yeah. Uh, we, for the first time, and you've you've been here how long? Uh, fifteen yeah. years
1: now. Close to fifteen. Close to fifteen. 14. I've
2: been here ten. Uh, the question
1: I think we get more than any other is why don't you do scratch and sniff <laughs> centerfolds? Well, guess what? We did it. We did it. Yeah, the centerfold is scratch and sniff. There's even an ad. Uh, there's an ad in there for Franchise Genetics that has also the same scratch and sniff as well. So. Uh, Yeah, that was exciting. It's nice to see that come to fruition. And yeah, among those strains, I mean, there's like all these new cookie crosses and Skittles and Schlemons and all these really cool ones. So hope you guys check that out. A lot of these are, are very uh, of the moment now for this year. Cup winners and, and recent uh, strains that are sort of taking over for like Kush and Diesel and all the things that have sort of been winning in the past. So um, hope you guys enjoy that. All right. So what, what else is in this uh, December
2: issue? Obviously, the main story is your top 10 strains of 2015, but that's not all.
1: That's not all. We have coverage of the Michigan Cup cup uh, We just had it a couple of months ago in Clio, Michigan. Uh, so there's coverage of that. Great photos uh, and an article there by Dan Sky. Um, there is a spread of uh, Jay Blakesburg's photos of hippie chicks, although I'd prefer to say maybe hippie women.
2: <laughs> yes, but in this case, uh, hippie chicks is actually the name of his book, I that's believe. That's right. Yeah, that's so right. You're okay so. saying that.
1: And there's some great photos there. They really are. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. So there's Um, a bit of an excerpt of that. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also an article about a couple of dispensaries uh, in Los Angeles that have been uh, definitely making waves, winning cups, and doing all kinds of interesting stuff. That's Oz uh, Weedo in West Hollywood. Oz, which A-H-H-S. Yeah, yeah, Um, in West Hollywood. And Green Wolf LA, which, uh, yeah, both have been uh, winning cups. Let me ask you this. Serving patients.
2: When I was in michigan i believe mm-hmm. green wolf uh, was talking to me and they said that they now have won or placed i guess um more uh, for more cups in the u.s than any other dispensary wow is that is that something that you have heard as well
1: uh, i think i did hear that but i'd have to go go and check that out we could ask nico or somebody uh on a future episode if that's the case so actually somebody could check that out I w- we'll take a look yeah we should get an intern on that <laughs> Yeah, so um, also there's an article in here, uh, an excerpt from Jorge Cervantes' book, uh, Cannabis Encyclopedia. Uh, I know we've had Jorge on a few times uh, to talk about that book. And this one is Harvesting by Jorge, which is very timely and perfect for the moment because it's, it is crop-tober as we <laughs> speak. Uh, a lot of people out there harvesting. Shout out to you if you're uh, harvesting or trimming bud right now. Uh, hopefully you guys are having fun smoking scissor hash and uh, listening to the podcast.
2: Absolutely. Shout out to all our harvesters. And then finally, and now this is a big deal for me. Not everybody uh, is on the same page here, but I'm a big fan of the Evil Dead trilogy. I'm a big fan of actor Bruce Campbell. And our own Bobby Black interviewed Bruce Campbell in this issue. Wow. Yeah. Are, you, are I, you a fan of this as I, well?
1: I've, I'm not a horror guy at all. I See, don't... it's more,
2: it's like slapstick horror. It's like I've a never weird seen, I've niche seen it. where it's it's funny, <laughs> but it's like frightening. And it's like, yeah, it's got everything. Truly. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Am I, I just prefer my comedy less gory, or I guess I don't know. Okay, I, it's, that's hey, know, it's gore legitimate. Is just not my thing. Bruce Campbell. A lot I've of seen, people are know, fans. Friday the Thirteenth. So. I've seen Halloween. I've seen, I've seen scary movies. See, those are just straight scary movies, right? Yeah. This oh, is so it's like Scream or or, or Scream. No, 3. Scream
2: is sort of like ironically commenting on the scary movie genre, Like is Airplane this? style. I have no idea how to answer <laughs> that. <Is laughs> okay.
1: Uh yeah, I I I mean I'm aware of this phenomenon but uh not a participant in it. So. All but right. but well, it's interesting stuff. I mean yeah. they made a blunt out, uh shaped like a gun or a Right. Yeah. You know?
2: Fans of the movie will know that that he has a, a shotgun which in the past uh is referred to as the boomstick and uh so Bobby Black had a a a boomstick shotgun made out of blunt wrap. Nice. Yeah, so With, that's
1: pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's the December issue. Uh, you can get that at HighTimes.com, uh, or you can subscribe, or you can get a digital version as well. So uh, any way you want it, that's the way we give it to you. it's Cover to cover. HighTimes.com or yeah. uh,
2: Head Shop. HighTimes.com. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Or just go into like a Seven Eleven or some place and just you know buy it off the counter. Exactly. Or- <laughs> you got options. <laughs> you have options. Yep. All right. So
2: <clears throat> there's one other thing I wanted to. We're going to get to some news. Uh, that's sort of um, been grabbing our attention of late. But before we do that, something kind of wacky happened to you and in uh, your
1: social media oh, game, right? Yeah, I got kicked off of Instagram. What is that about? I I guess for pot photos. I don't know. I mean, I honestly, my Instagram is all pot photos. Um, as you know, my my feed, so the people that right. follow, it's either pot or hash, or a combination of both, or whatever. So it does seem strange to just get kicked off of there. Well, and then um, where
2: the conspiracy fairly. theorists are going to come in is that it, it was you and our other cultivation, Nico. Nico
1: Escondido. Yeah, he got kicked off, and even uh, one of our ad guys, John, uh, also got kicked off. So, no it, explanation. You have no recourse here. I, I filed a you know a thing to reinstate myself, but I'm you know their terms actually do state that you can't like promote drug use or something, oh. something vague you know, that they could use against me, but you know, it's for my job and I had something like 22,000 followers and yeah, now I'm kind of at a loss. Like, do I start up another one and curate it and go through all the trouble and just to get kicked off or, you know, I feel like they should just reinstate the one I had, you know? So, um, we'll see what happens, but yeah, it's a little bit frustrating and disappointing that Instagram would do that. I mean, their own, I believe by Facebook too. So, I mean, does that mean Facebook's going to do that too? Or does that mean Twitter is going to do that? I don't, I don't know. It, it is frustrating and baffling and I know it's happened to a lot of cannabis people. It in the hasn't past. happened to
2: high times yet, has not it?
1: Not to high times, but it has happened to a bunch of, you know, colleagues and friends in the industry and it's very frustrating, you know. So, yeah, a little weird if I don't know. I mean, there's nothing really I think our listeners can do about it, but uh, if you were following me on Instagram and now you're not, that's the reason why. I didn't drop yeah, I didn't block you or drop you or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to do that, but
0: well, the, uh... <laughs> I digress.
2: If the uh, faceless people over at Instagram ever offer up uh, an explanation or rule on your um, your case, I mm-hmm. guess we'll update it here. Yes. But for now, uh, no more Instagram for yeah. Danny Danko. Yeah. Well, let's get into some, some news here. Let's do that. All right. I want to start with a story that you actually just hipped me to this morning. It's really funny, man. We have a police commissioner in uh, New York who sometimes <laughs> oversteps his, um, his uh, purview. His name is uh, Bill Bratton. And uh, he speaks with a, a Boston accent. I think he's one of your your people. Yeah, he's originally
1: from uh, from the Boston area.
2: Yeah, so this guy hates weed so much. Tell us what he did this morning when he
1: was walking to work. Uh, he was around Wall Street, and he smelled some reefer smoke in the air, <laughs> and he wanted to find out who the hophead was. Yeah, uh, start scanning he, the streets of, of the Wall streets. Street. He, yeah. he saw a girl smoking a joint, uh, a woman smoking a joint, walking down the street. And, uh, basically confronted her, you know, came up to her, took the joint, like ripped the joint out of her mouth, pulled, pulled the joint out of her mouth, threw it into the sewer, threw it into the sewer and, and uh, then was just like, yeah. And then went to the post with the story too, obviously, because, uh, for whatever reason, you know, I, yeah, it, it highlights a couple of things though. I mean, it's a funny incident, but it also tell it's telling in a lot of ways. I mean, the fact that, you know, he just threw the pot away and didn't run this person through the system, is telling in a number of ways. I mean, like this is why they sort of decriminalized somewhat here in New York, but, but also it begs the question of what would have happened if this was, let's say a, a black guy smoking mm. a joint or a Hispanic woman smoking a joint, or whatever it might've been. Um, this disparity between how they treat people, uh, you know, here in New York with 90% of the arrests for marijuana being uh, minorities it, it's just ridiculous. It's like two different systems for two different uh, you know classes and it's just not okay. Um, so you that's know a, that's so, a very good point there's a
2: lot of people who who just would have had their lives wrecked by oh, this incident at the very least would have and been tased thrown yeah, to the ground they're going through the system at going the very the least system, and now we're all laughing maybe ending up in rikers island yeah you know over if they can't afford uh, to you know post bail yeah it's um it's interesting yeah because we were kind of laughing about it the idea that the uh, the the main cop in new york the chief of police mm-hmm. is uh bothering to rip a joint out of some college kid's mouth and throw it into the sewer you know uh, it's it it is kind of funny but you're right <laughs> it, it would have wrecked uh other people's lives had they had she been of a uh perhaps darker right. color yeah. yeah but
1: shout out to this woman smoking a joint at eight thirty in the morning on wall street love like, it yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Let's meet up sometime. <laughs> Actually, you know safer. what? If you
2: are listening to this and you are that woman, uh, write us uh, freeweed dot com. We want to get your side of the story. At the very least, it must have been quite shocking at eight thirty in the morning to have Bill Bratton
1: rip a joint out of your mouth. He said in the in the post, he said that she recognized him too. I mean, oh, like, I'm sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's uh, well, because otherwise, it's like who is this man pulling a, right. a joint out of? And the look of shock on her face was amusing. To Mr. Bratton.
2: Oh, Colorado, you have no idea how good you have it. This is <laughs> what we a- deal with. The chief of police in New York is pulling joints out of our mouths here, and New- it's just, it's rough. Man. Yeah. It's a tough city.
1: Yeah. It's outrageous. Uh, and it's a liberal city too, so it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, but. that's true. Our
2: mayor would not be doing that, I don't think. But okay, so uh, that's sort of the the darker side, I guess, of weed. <laughs> but but some good news in Oregon. I'm sure most of you by now have heard. On October 1st, uh, Oregon started selling pot legally, recreational pot for sale in Oregon. Yay! Yay! That's Congratulations. Our fourth now. That's. Uh, Let's see. That's Colorado, Washington, Alaska, and now Oregon are selling pot legally. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But I, I, are, is Alaska selling pot legally though? I don't. I, I don't know if they actually started. Yeah, yeah that's. A good, I wonder if they are because Oregon is actually doing it now. They have their and they system made in place. Eleven yeah. million million dollars in the first month. That's amazing. Uh, in in revenue, which is more than Colorado and uh, um, Washington. So, yeah, congrats to Oregon. All my peeps up there, Ganja John, Madeline Martinez. You guys worked hard. Uh, Russ Belleville, um, my friend Herb Thrasher, all of you guys, man, congrats! You guys deserve it because you worked hard for it and you made it happen. And uh, you're being treated like adults. Anyone over 21 can consume cannabis. They don't. They can do it just c- to get stoned. It doesn't have to be medical. It doesn't have to. They don't have to. You know, uh, the medical people can get the pot. Their pot too. But the people who just want to smoke recreationally can do so. And I think that that's a very civilized stand-up policy from uh, Oregon. And congrats again to you guys. Um, Smoke one for me. Yeah. And the the best
2: part is the commissioner of dick cheese isn't going to just wander up to you and pull the joint out of your mouth. You could actually (laughs) smoke. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So way to be out of the closet there in Oregon. We're happy for you guys. And uh, another area i guess um that's going to start selling pot legally not in the united states but uruguay which is uh really out there as far as the first south american country uh that's gonna sell weed right yeah we have a we have a target date for this program
1: that's awesome yeah congratulations again to, to uruguay they've got a very sane policy uh and i hope that spreads throughout south america because it's absolutely shameful um that our insatiable desire for drugs has to destroy uh whole continent you know central and south america are reeling you know the death the amount of deaths in mexico the amount of destruction in colombia uh you know and all over central and south america is devastating and we are the cause of it both our desire for those drugs and our uh our insistence that they you know can somehow control these gangs and 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 criminal enterprises and all of the trade and everything the amount of corruption and the amount of everything it's all our fault it's america's fault and uh so i apologize to you guys down there um for our misguided policies and all of the devastation that they've wrought upon the whole continent and uh hopefully other parts of the continent like uruguay uh Colombia, bolivia and all these other wonderful places mexico el salvador um So hopefully we can enjoy the beauty and the natural resources and and the the amazingness of these countries instead of uh, destroying them with our misguided policies.
2: Well said. I agree. And just a couple of quick details here. Uh, Basically, uh, Uruguay was supposed to start selling weed before this point, but they had just officially granted licenses to two companies that are going to grow the weed. And it's going to be sold through pharmacies starting in 2016. And I think the best part is, that it's going to be a dollar and twenty cents a gram, so that's very, very good,
1: very, very affordable. affordable, and uh, hopefully the quality will be good. And uh, as people realize that this, uh, you know, making this thing legal actually is going to help the country and uh, you know get tourism and and money going and all this interesting stuff that that will spread beyond Uruguay because Uruguay is a, a very small country. Um, surrounded by much larger countries, and if 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 Brazil and Argentina and all these other countries get on board, uh, we can have a, a revolution where marijuana is legal throughout Central and South America, and it would really go a long way to help those countries uh, get better. Indeed. Okay, so that's
2: uh, that's some of the stuff that's going on in the world. We are going to take a little break, but when we
1: come back, a science update. A science update on cannabis on cannabis very some very interesting stuff actually some very interesting information on drug testing uh particularly hair follicle testing so uh we're going to talk to our science editor sirius j here at high times and uh, go through a couple of the more interesting stories that have come out recently on the science front
2: exactly so stay tuned for that
1: Right. What can I say about BC Northern Lights grow boxes that I haven't already said? Um, These are high quality grow boxes made by great people up in British Columbia, Canada. They're amazing. Uh, Top of the line things that are made from scratch. Uh, Everything is automated. Everything is perfect. These hydroponic grow boxes uh, are going to produce incredible yields. And yes, you know, some of them tend to be a little on the pricey side, but that's because you're getting what you pay for. And everything from the touchscreen technology to all the pumps and bells and whistles are all of the t- of the highest quality. And like I said, they're hydroponic grow boxes. You can also grow in these boxes with soil. All you do is just order it uh, bare without the hydro system, and you can put buckets in there and you can grow organics and soil in these boxes as well. So keep that in mind. Uh, learn to grow you can call them anytime if uh, there's any issues or problems with any of your uh, grow boxes whether it be the producer the bloom box the roommate Uh, they make a ton of uh, different products and there's all these great package deals so give them a call at 888-236-1266 seven days a week or go and check them out at bcnorthernlights.com that's bcnorthernlights.com Okay, so this is pretty exciting stuff.
2: Let's get kind of serious with some
1: science, man. Let's talk science. Um, I'd like to introduce uh, a colleague of mine here. Uh, His name is Sirius J. He is our science editor. And uh, if you read our website or uh, the magazine, you've seen his work. Uh, He's definitely uh, very interested in the the chemistry and the science of cannabis and all of the things that that entails. So welcome, uh, Sirius J. Thanks a lot for
0: that great introduction. <laughs> right Flyer. on. He's
1: also your office mate, That's which right. is awesome. That's we share right. an office, yeah. and uh, we talk a lot about all the various uh, subjects that are coming up, um, and he has a very unique and interesting perspective on those. Uh, degree in chemistry as well, so um, he comes at this science from a science perspective, which is great. Um, now, there's an interesting story this week about the runner's high, right?
0: Yes, the, the runner's high. If you've ever done... Any uh, aerobic exercise, you notice kind of a an uplifting feeling, you know, euphoria, reduced anxiety, pain relief kind of thing. Where, you know, hurt is bad if you have any injuries. Where uh, they thought that this might have been due to uh, endorphins, which are kind of the body's natural pain relievers that stimulate the opiate receptors like opiates do, and now they figured out that these endorphins don't even go into your brain. So you can't be feeling the runner's high because of the endorphins. It has to be something else. And they figured out it's anandamide and anandamide is the chemical that affects the same receptors that cannabis does. So basically when you run and you feel good, it's kind of the similar, kind of the same thing as just being high on bot. Interesting
1: yeah i mean my rudimentary understanding of it as a uh, you know basic uh jogging enthusiast i i didn't you know i just figured okay marijuana is stored in your fat cells so if you burn fat somehow then it's released into your body but it's actually obviously not that right
0: not quite not quite yeah once it gets stored in your body it's it's already an inactive metabolite that just slowly gets excreted into uh through the feces and urine and uh basically yeah the runner's high is kind of a natural thing that your body it's like a defense mechanism to uh relieve pain or you know i mean who knows what the real thing maybe it's rewarding you for doing exercise hey you know <laughs> give you a little little prize interesting yeah um
1: so yeah if you if you're out there and you've experienced the runner's high there's been some uh, interesting information revealed um by scientists about it so that's that's uh that's awesome, and uh, there, was <laughs> <laughs> there was something else uh, in the news about cancer
0: and yeah. cannabis, right? So, uh, the research developments on cancer and cannabis have been coming out uh, for decades, uh, little by little, and it's all in sources that are distributed all over the place, and it's it's hard for anyone that's interested in treating their cancer. With cannabis to figure out exactly how to do it, what it is, and any of the details. So, the uh, National Institute of Cancer, which is cancer.gov for the website, just released um, kind of an official document that explains for patients, explains how, you know, what cannabis is and how to use it for cancer. And it's kind of the first time that a, a nationally the National Institute has has recognized this, because, you know, as you know, as you guys all know, it's federally illegal, cannabis. Right. And so that makes studying it much more
1: difficult, obviously. Um, now, what are their recommendations? What do they say about using cannabis for cancer?
0: Well, you know, they talk about the, the anti-emetic properties. So uh, anti-emesis means uh, treating nausea. So if you're on chemotherapy, then you... The main, uh, one of the big side effects that's very uncomfortable is nausea. So you can use cannabis for that, and um, also the THC and other cannabinoids can actually kill cancer cells while protecting your normal body cells. Where chemotherapy uses very strong toxic molecules that kill cancer cells, but also have negative effects on your human cells and and you know, it's very toxic and uncomfortable, you know? Ah,
1: so very interesting. And this is a federal government agency. Yeah. This? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. That's really good news because, um, prior to this, the only real federal acknowledgement, uh, I think came from like the, 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 VA, right. The veterans administration talking about cannabis, uh, for veterans. So it's exciting to hear another federal agency, especially one, um, you know, so vast in dealing with mm-hmm. cancer, um, uh, which is such a scourge, uh, on, you know, the world and having um, some facts out there for people who are interested in treating their cancer with cannabis is is amazing, especially from, like you said, a a federal source that can sort of take all of these different studies together and combine them into some kind of, uh, you know, advice to give someone who who is suffering from cancer. Yeah, definitely a step in the right direction. And another exciting bit of news, uh, which, you know, the uh, people... Uh, know all about drug testing, right? And uh, recently uh, something happened in Germany with some scientists who have have discovered something about drug testing, right?
0: Yeah, and you know what they've done is they took a few people and they gave them THC and uh, they looked at what, what they're trying to do is look at hair testing. So hair testing is uh, a drug testing method that looks at the at the hair strands, and it's it's touted for the its ability to kind of give uh, the tester a timeline of drug use. And so they say it can go back for months and months and months because as your hair grows out, it's like the hair, it's like the THC is being stored in, you know, two inches away, and then it can tell when you stopped or when you started again. And basically, they've shown that that's not true. So they basically debunked hair testing yeah. all around. Ha- hair testing is no longer valid. I mean, it's still going to be used for a while probably before people recognize that it's actually debunked. But they found that if you consume pot, THC will not go into the the hair follicles and then into the hair in any relevant amount. It just doesn't pass from the blood to the hair. So if they hair test someone and they find THC there, it's from an external source. So it could be just blowing someone blowing smoke on your head or someone that smokes a lot. It, it's, it's secreted into their skin, and then they, if they touch your hair or if you sleep with them and it's on the pillow or anything, then that's how it's getting on there. So a lot of people are losing custody to their children. They're being locked up because of probation, and it's because of these hair tests, which you know, maybe they're guilty, maybe they're not, but they found that uh, hair testing should not be used anymore. does not prove cannabis consumption. Wow. it okay. would be very
2: interesting to see what's going to happen with some of those custody uh, hearings that you mentioned or mm-hmm. even probation violations. Anyone who's currently locked up because of a, a bad hair test, we'll see uh, if there's any kind of, you know... Change in the policy there.
1: Yeah, get Yeah, of interesting. Jail. It's interesting also that um, um, if I'm hearing correctly, is that it's it's basically environmental. It's like um, from an outside source rather than an internal source how those things would get on your hair. Um, so very easily, uh, you know, lawyers can come and say, "Hey, you know, this has all been debunked, and therefore my client uh, cannot be proven to have used or consumed cannabis." And um, very important finding uh hopefully this will go viral and people will figure this all
2: out it's crazy it, that they're only just realizing this now it seems like something that you know, well it's an
1: industry that's you know f- the basis of the whole industry is to catch people you know and so you know it, not a lot pe- of advocacy on the other side of the drug testing industry <laughs> right. right and you know uh they found that you know urine testing could be messed with with all kinds of different you know ways and then then they thought that you know hair would be less intrusive than a blood test but clearly um the hair test has been debunked and it's not uh bunked now yeah (laughs) right like it's bunk and it's been debunked (laughs) (laughs) yeah both bunked and debunked yeah so it's and that's, that's good news for anybody who, you know, is on probation or, or facing, you know, these custody type things or even... I don't know if they do this for job applications, but... They do. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so very interesting. And hopefully, uh, you know, the government and the drug testing companies are going to follow suit and realize that, that uh, it's an ineffective way to figure out if people have been uh, using cannabis. And ultimately, the whole drug testing <clears throat> for cannabis industry needs to just go away entirely because there's really no reason you can't smoke on the weekend and still do a great job during the week at your job. Uh, So it it just seems insane that there's this huge million, you know, multi-million, perhaps billion dollar industry uh, based on uh, busting people for something they do in the privacy of their home away from their work. And there's nothing that says you can't be a good parent or a good uh, airline pilot or a good anything. Uh, and consume cannabis.
2: Well, interestingly, people who get busted for weed and don't get jobs as a pilot, it's considered um, detrimental. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And then Nick Diaz, he gets suspended because it's considered performance enhancing. Right. Yeah. So it's right. kind of a interesting dichotomy there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you
1: know, that, that's that circular logic of the drug war. Marijuana is wrong because it's illegal. Well, then why is it illegal? It's illegal because it's wrong. But why is it wrong? <laughs> because it's illegal. Right. You know, it's this uh, completely circular logic that makes no sense from the outside when you're looking at it. But if your job and your money and your taxes and your jails and your union and all of that, depends on not believing it it's you know very easy to not believe something that directly affects your pocketbook and i think that's kind of where these heads are in the sand
2: well and change happens so slowly you know and retroactively very rarely you know yeah. we realize mm-hmm. that pot isn't a dangerous drug but people are still in jail we realize that mandatory minimums are bullshit but people still are in jail for over 20 years for pot you yeah know? so hopefully uh, they, they make good on uh, this debunked test
0: yeah, because what might happen is, yeah, it might take 20, 30 years because they might want this research to be performed again in the United States because. Because
2: it's, it's was from
0: Germany? You it's said? from Germany, right. yeah. So they, I mean, just as a way of putting it off, they'll probably say, oh, no, we want we it to, just to be done yeah, right. here. Interesting. Well, uh,
1: thank you, Sirius J. If you guys want to find out more about the subject, uh, go to hightimes.com. Uh, put in drug testing, put in cancer, put in runner's high, and you'll see the various uh, articles um, well cited and well written. And uh, thank you for bringing you know, this scientific knowledge uh, to our you know, readers and our listeners and uh, all the people on our website. Thanks for having me on. All right. We'll be back uh, after this break with the cultivation segment. So you got your grow box, your grow tent, uh, your closet, your space, but now you need genetics. And what you really need is high quality seeds. You don't want to grow from bag seeds. You don't want to grow from some rando clones from down the block that might have mites or root aphids or all kinds of stuff. You want quality. And for real quality, check out Gorilla Cannabis Seeds. Uh, G-O-R-I-L-L-A. These are seeds you can grow anywhere, indoor, outdoor. Um, there's It's amazing the prices that you see there too uh their website is gorilla cannabis seedscouk seeds co uk uh the selection that they have is ridiculous they have a ton of different seed banks pretty much anything you're looking for uh they have feminized auto flowering high cbd strains which is really important for people uh you know medical patients and people a lot of times uh, you know people hear about cbd and and are looking for these seeds or clones and and they don't know where to begin well i'm telling you these guys have maybe 10 or 12 different seed banks that uh actually let me count them out here one two three four five six eight different seed banks that provide high cbd strains uh an amazing amount of autoflowering feminized and of course as always and i always recommend regular seeds too um great deals great uh you know amazing product uh they've been around for a while great customer service. Check them out at gorilla-cannabis-seeds.co.uk and actually I should mention if you use the promo code SWITCHER S-W-I-T-C-H-E-R when you check out you're going to get a bunch of free seeds. Uh, free Incredible Bulk Auto free Samsara Flash Babylon free Blueberry Twist and even free collection papers. So please check them out uh, go get some seeds and start growing right now.
2: All right, so we have made it to the cultivation section of the show, and uh, it's pretty exciting.
1: We have a strain of the Fortnite. Yes, we do, and it's a new one. And this it relates not a to
2: your top ten strains.
1: That's right. This is the strain that's in the centerfold of the issue that has the scratch and sniff. Uh, oh, this pr- is
2: actually the scratch and sniff um, strain? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Absolutely. And now strain- let me ask you this. Does the scratch and sniff
1: legitimately smell just like the strain, would you say? Ah, uh, it's, it's close. Close. It's, okay. It, it smells like orange cookies. It smells like the name of the strain, which the strain gotcha. also smells like. So, uh, okay. it smells more like orange cookies than orange cookies and pot, but, uh, <laughs> it's meant to invoke. It literally smells like orange cookies. Pretty much. The yeah. Okay. I mean, it, but it, you know, the pot also does. Right. So, yeah. It's, so, let's, it's let's very close. learn a little bit about this strain. Okay. Well, it's from Franchise Genetics, which is an amazing up and coming uh, bank that's won cannabis cups. I mean, this one actually placed second uh, in the 2015 SoCal uh, HTCC, which is the High Times Cannabis Cup Hybrid uh, uh, category. So, second place in Southern California is really difficult. You get tons of amazing hybrids down there. Um, So, yeah, that was what it took um, just this year in February. Um, And the lineage is Girl Scout cookies crossed with orange juice. Um, Nice short flowering time, seven to eight weeks, which is uh, ideal when you're dealing with hybrids that can sometimes go a little longer if the sativa side comes out a little stronger and more dominant. Um, So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you guys probably have heard of uh, Girl Scout cookies. Uh, which is a very popular strain in the last few years. Well, obsolete, uh, spelled with threes, of course, uh, I remember from way back in the overgrow days, uh, he's the breeder for franchise, and he pollinated the forum cut of Girl Scout cookies with his orange juice mail to produce this um, short-flowering, but yet sativa-dominant citrus balm of flavors and scents, which includes uh, hints of, like, tangerine peels and even creamsicles. Like, that's the number one thing I... uh, I heard when we were testing this down in SoCal was, oh my god, this tastes like those, you know, orange creamsicles I used to get when I was a kid from the ice cream truck. Uh, And it does. I mean, it smells like that. It tastes like that. It's really amazing. Um, The trichome production is outrageous. So growers and uh, concentrate makers as well are going to really, really enjoy this, uh, these frosty crystals. They're on every surface of the buds. They're on the leaves. Um, The concentrates have a really amazing kind of depth to the terpene profile, meaning Um, you know, there's a certain flavor going in on the inhale and then kind of a different sort of, uh, flavor coming out on the exhale and a lot of complexities in the terpene profile, which is amazing and, um, very desirable when you're dealing with, uh, you know, BHO and that type of thing. Um, so it's very flavorful, very amazing, um, fairly quick to grow and, um, a really energetic, nice daytime smoke, very cool buzz, you know, like very, uh, you know, just, kind of exciting and inspirational and that's something that i really love about this strain um and that's kind of why i love sativa dominant you know hybrids to begin with um so uh, even the snobbiest of connoisseurs are going to be impressed by this orange cookies. so um get yourself a uh actually they have a website franchisegenetics.com so you can actually go and check out franchisegenetics.com Uh, And I believe they might even be sold at Gorilla, but you can check that out as well. Um, But, yeah, congratulations to those guys for the, uh, um, you know, second place hybrid victory and uh, for being in this, uh, you know, top 10 strains issue for, you know, the centerfold with the scratch and sniff. The very first ever scratch and sniff strain in high times. Yeah. Very cool. And an amazing, like I said, amazing Girl Scout cookie uh, crossed with orange juice hybrid, with a lot of that citrusy flavor, but also the potency as well. You know, it's like now, you know, a little orange, bit of everything.
2: Orange juice is a strain,
1: I guess so. Yeah, I've I mean, never I heard that. Yeah, okay. orange juice. Yeah, you've, I think that's one of obsolete uh, males that he uses um, for breeding purposes. So, yeah, a lot right. of citrus there. Yeah, got to bring uh, the citrus. And you know, everybody's all about the terpenes these days, and so uh, that's that's what this strain provides in, in uh, large quantities.
2: Very good. All right, so uh, what we thought we would do uh, for this 86th episode of Free Weed is play a little Puff Puff Pass. Now, this is the Free Weed version of True or False. I'm going to throw a statement Danko's way, and he is going to either puff or pass, and uh, then explain exactly why he is uh, puffing or passing. So, what do you say we get started? Let's do it. All right, first statement, always cut your plants down in the
1: dark. I'll, I'll puff puffing on on that that? yeah i'll puff on that because um yeah if you really want the best terpene profile you want the 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 glandular trichomes at their finest um give them you know a full night some people will even go two or three nights of darkness not really necessary but definitely don't harvest with the lights on uh you know super bright even like right as they come on or even towards the end of uh the the light cycle um just because like i said uh the plant is going to be protecting itself when the lights are on in a way that sort of uh, reduces the intensity of the uh, of your glandular trichomes in a way. So, yeah, I would say give a give the plant at least 12 hours of darkness before you harvest. Um, not necessary to go two or three days, but if you want to and you feel like, uh, you know, that might help you, then go for it. Uh, I I tend to, like I said, uh, recommend after you know, good 8 to 12 hours of darkness is the best time to uh, harvest, take down your plants, and start the trimming process and the drying process.
2: Exactly. And as our friend Craig Coffey explained last week when he was kind of uh, explaining how to become a better terpene farmer, if you happen to be you know, growing for concentrates, it's best to cut your plants down in the dark because they're not going to lose those, uh, those flavors mm-hmm. that might evaporate with the, with the light and the heat.
1: Yes, Indeed.
2: All right, so puffing on that. Let's move on to the next one. It's okay to start flowering my plants at
1: two weeks. I'll puff on that, too. It is okay. I mean, you're going to get a smaller yield, uh, but you're also getting it in a shorter period of time. So um, plants, marijuana plants will flower whenever you want them to, basically, as long as they have roots and uh, at least a bit of vegetative growth. um, You can flower them after one week of vegging, and some people do. I mean, that's what the sea of green method of growing is all about you just you know you root your clones you give them a week or two of just uh, vegetative growth and then boom you cut the cycle to 12 hours on and off uh, with the lights and they start flowering uh, when you do that so you can do that Uh, I don't always recommend it I mean I think a longer vegging time is obviously going to give you a bigger yield but also the plant will grow to its full potential you know meaning if you give it a nice month in the veg uh, maybe five weeks or so It's going to grow bigger branches, bigger root system, and ultimately the flowers that it produces are going to be uh, more of a, uh, I guess, a a perfect representation of what the genetics of the plant are capable of. So while you can do it earlier, I do recommend a longer veg time. And uh, if it's in a container, in a soilless mix, like I've said before, I think about a week of veg time for every gallon in the container. So a five-gallon container can have up to five weeks of veg time. Uh, if you're going to go with a seven or eight week of veg time, give the plant, uh, you know, the roots more space and go with the seven or eight-gallon container. Uh, and then if you really want to go nuts and grow massive plants, then you definitely need much bigger container and a much longer vegging time.
2: All right. I feel like we're going to get a little more into containers later in this very segment. But for now, let's move on to the next one. This is a This is a very broad statement, but let's get your take on it. Uh, growing from clones is better than growing
1: from seeds. Hmm. What do you think? Puffing Uh, or passing? uh, I'm going to puff on that just because uh, most of the growers I know are growing for production purposes. And if you're growing for production purposes, you want a level canopy. You want the plants to behave uh, in similar fashion to each other. And the only way you you can really accomplish that is by growing clones. I also think it makes you self-sufficient. If you have a mother plant, in the vegging cycle that you can constantly take clones from whenever you want uh, and then put those clones into flowering, then you don't have to worry about buying seeds. You don't have to worry about, you know, scoring clones from the dispensary or from your buddy or anybody else. Uh, You have your vegging area with your mother plants and your clones, and then you have your flowering area where you put those clones into flower. Um, But uh, another caveat to that would be if you're growing for, uh, the idea of producing a mother plant, I would say grow from seeds and even furthermore grow from regular seeds and uh, you know, find the females and, and keep that keeper one as your mother plant. So there's a time and a place where you want to grow from seeds, of course, uh, but I don't think you're going to want to grow a production type of garden uh, all from seeds. And if you are going to do that, that's the exact time where you might want to consider uh, feminized seeds or even autoflowering seeds because um, you're going to get... a a bigger yield ultimately um, than if you just grow a bunch of different seeds from a bunch of different packs that could all behave differently i mean the thing is you're going to get a sativa dominant plant and then an indica dominant plant and the same grow light is going to be much further from the indica than the sativa so um, for efficiency's sake i would say go with clones from a known mother plant uh, for your production garden all right very good uh you have puffed on everything so far
2: was puff, puff, I'm puff super for you. Now. But <laughs> let's see if we could uh, break that streak here. I save money by curing my harvest in paper bags. So <laughs>
1: just get rid of those glass jars and cure the harvest in paper bags. What do you think? <laughs> I'm going to pass that one as far away from myself <laughs> as I possibly can. I'm going left, uh, way out into left field with that one. We're passing that one. Um, it's a hard pass. We're going to pass that one to Bill Bratton to throw down into the sewer. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yeah... Um, You want to go through all this trouble to harvest and grow and, and flower. And, you know, at at the end, it's very important to process properly. And that means, you know, you harvest, you dry correctly, and then you cure correctly. I don't recommend, you know, plastic containers, buckets, nothing like that. Just get some nice glass jars, preferably opaque glass jars, meaning that they don't allow light into them. Uh, Keep them in a cool, dark place. Uh, you know, open them up once or twice a day to let the air out, depending on how moist they are, and you'll have a such better smoke. I mean, if you're using paper bags, if you're using plastic containers, you're not doing justice to the flowers that you grew. They're gonna the the paper bags. First off, they're not even they're gonna let air out constantly, so the plants are gonna dry out much faster and taste much worse. And the paper bag itself will impart this weird cardboardy flavor to your pot that you just don't want. Um, plastic, same thing. How you know? Do you know that this is an airtight container? An airtight glass jar is the ideal way to cure your pot. So please, uh, you know, miss me with the, the the paper bags and the and the plastic containers. Uh, you know oh you got a huge harvest buy more jars yeah you know, simple as that just you can you know, get get like big a, jars
2: a crate of of those um those mason jars. Mason, yeah, jars. mason jars yeah the ball mason jars it's pretty pretty affordable
1: yeah very affordable keep them in a cool dark place burp them like i said once or twice a day depending on the moisture and you you're going to have a way better product um it's going to burn better it's going to taste better and ultimately that's going to make you feel better and all your friends will envy
2: you yeah just to restate it, and Dan has said it many many times on this but but don't blow it in the the harvest and in the cure I mean you did all the work to get there so absolutely so do the right thing all right uh, let's move on to our next one uh, a good way to save space in the grow room is by growing multiple plants in the
1: same container I'm gonna pass on that lesson on that yeah because uh, what happens when you grow the same plant in the same container is pretty obvious i mean the roots are going to compete with each other they're going to compete for water they're going to compete for food and they're going to compete for space and all that is going to mean that if you get one plant uh just slightly a little bit stronger than the other one in the same container it's ultimately going to kind of choke out its buddy but they're both going to choke each other out and you're going to get a smaller yield so i say one plant one container Um, give it some room give the roots lots of space Um, like i said earlier depending on your veg time but you don't want root-bound plants, and you don't want plants competing with each other for the same resources. So I would say definitely don't grow uh, more than one plant in the same container.
2: Okay, so that's, a, that's another pass. And you know what? It's been a while since we've done a puffer pass. Now, normally we would just do five, but I'm having such a good time. Let's go to the bonus round here. All right. What do you say, one more? Yeah, sure. All right. I reuse my grow rocks after thoroughly cleaning them with
1: bleach. What do you think? I'll puff on that. Puffing on that. Yeah, I okay. mean, as long as you know, uh, hot water, bleach kind of mix. Uh, the problem with this is that grow rocks are so porous that a lot of times the roots will get all up inside the you know all up inside them. And if you're going to reuse them, then you know you're going to have a little bit of an issue there if if you haven't thoroughly cleaned them. Um, but if you do a nice soak and a thorough cleaning and then a nice rinse with plain water, definitely don't want any bleach residue on them you can reuse grow rocks uh, multiple times so and i've seen this happen on a uh, large scale and on a small scale so uh, i would say you can reuse grow rocks uh, several times before you really have to replace them and uh, depending on the situation depending on the you know the amount of uh, root residue and material that have kind of gone in and out of them but um, grow rocks are great you know they allow oxygen to reach the roots they allow um, you know, water and, and nutrient solution to reach the roots. Uh, so they're a great medium. And the fact that they're reusable uh, rather than, you know, something like rock wool uh, means that yeah, it's more sustainable and uh, less expensive, more affordable way to uh, to grow your hydro plants. So feel yeah. free to reuse them as long as you give them a nice, good cleaning.
2: So Dan says, yes, reuse, uh, save money by reusing your grow rocks, but but spend the money on the glass jars right all right so that does it for puff puff pass so thanks for playing i hope you played along at home what do you say we move on to my favorite part of the show uh audience listener questions answered by you danny danko on free weed the q a the A. yeah let's do it all right so first q uh comes from jeff fro who writes big respect guys uh dig the show and the that's info. a reference
1: to the song right it
2: is yeah boom bap big, big
1: respect, respect.
2: <laughs> Take the show <laughs> and the info you share with the world. I live in Ohio, of course, another state on the cusp of passing laws, uh, medical and recreational, this November. All so right. that's exciting, yeah. I uh, learned a lot about growing over the last 10 years by helping other growers and experimenting. But I want to begin my own super small indoor grow. I'm using. I'm going to be using one 150-watt HPS in a 3x3 three three closet, which is 4 feet tall. So my question for you... What are some good sativa strains that I can flower pretty small but still get some results What do you
1: think Sativa in a very confined space? huh that's interesting I mean you're definitely you're definitely if you have a sativa dominant plant no matter what you're gonna have to figure out some sort of training technique so uh, you could grow uh, something that's like a hybrid like a strawberry cough kind of strain but if you're gonna get like a super silver haze or something like that, Um, you're going to want to find some kind of a way to keep it from growing into the light uh, and to keep it from stretching. Um, I've seen tons of different ways that people do this. Um, Low-stress training, uh, the fimming method, which is the fuck I missed, uh, trimming kind of thing. But you certainly don't want to end up in a situation where uh, you've you've already started flowering the plant and now you have to like cut uh, tops off because they're reaching up into the light. You really... Whatever you need to do... I mean, even... I've heard of people taking, like, the sinkers that they use for for uh, for fishing and using some fishing line and just sort of weighing a branch down with it uh, in order to just bend it so that it doesn't grow up into the light. Um, screen of green uh, is another method, um, which is scrog. Uh, you basically take, like, chicken wire or some sort of a trellising sort of system um, and horizontally place it at your le- canopy level and then train the branches as they're growing and the, and the growing shoots you train them uh you know using your fingers basically by placing them into different uh, parts of the chicken wire and growing it that way to to maintain a level canopy so um if you're going to do sativa strains i mean look there's so many out there that are worthy of growing um i love nigerian haze i love strawberry cough the super silver uh lemon haze is amazing if you can get your hands on those they're all they're all fun and sometimes frustrating to grow uh They're light feeders in a lot of ways, and they have that longer flowering time, so there's more opportunities, basically, to mess them up. But uh, if you stay out of their way and train them properly, uh, you're going to get great results. And so I hope I've answered your question. Name some strains, uh, some, some desirable sativas, and how to grow them in a very confined and small space, which is difficult but can be done.
2: All right, so thank you, Jeffro. And we, uh, of course, uh, along with the rest of the country, will be looking at Ohio to see what goes on uh, this November. See if we finally get some uh, legalization initiatives going out in Ohio. The Buckeye State? Yeah, Is it the Buckeye
1: State? Yeah, the Buckeye State. <clears throat> Those Buckeye and leaves we should mention look like pot leaves. Have so you noticed this? Yeah, the Buckeyes themselves. The leaves, yeah. The, they do kind of look like pot leaves. Yeah. And Japanese maples do, too. Hmm. Um but speaking of legalization initiatives, I don't know if I don't know if we mentioned this, but if you're in Canada listening to me, please vote against Harper. This guy's gotta go. He's your Bush and uh <laughs> you know, do like we did and uh you know, put him to put him out to pasture well, he's, he's past his prime Bush served eight. He couldn't serve a third term. He had already served yeah, two. Yeah, so. but this guy, Harper. He's Harper's got, yeah. awful. Yeah. He's he, he, go. he
2: just said that, uh, that tobacco, I mean, uh, cannabis is definitely worse than smoking tobacco. Uh, way worse. Way worse. Said,
1: which is ridiculous. Crazy. And crazy. And any scientist, even government scientists, can debunk that. So right. Um, get rid of him. Uh, you know, get out there and vote. Make sure uh, to vote, eh? <laughs>
2: Yeah. And if you see him in the street, give him a nice dick punch. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jeffro. Let's move on to Will. Will writes, hey, guys. I uh, just started listening to the show. I started with episode one, but
1: I have been binge listening. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like me with cartel. Oh, Although I got yeah. to the end and now I don't know what to do. Binge reading. No, cartel is the, uh, the, the, Netflix show about uh, Pablo Escobar. Oh, you
2: know, I thought it was that book uh, that, that... I think it's called Gartel. Didn't, didn't uh, the, the crime writer, the guy who... Oh, wrote, yeah. uh, oh That was Don, great. Don, Don Winslow. Winslow. Yeah,
1: great book about... Uh, yeah, You just reviewed that for the magazine. I did. Yeah, I did. That was a great one. And, uh, yeah, but the show, the show, the TV show is... Uh, well, TV. Netflix. Yeah. But it's amazing, and I binge-watched it. So I know how you feel, and uh, hopefully... Um, Hopefully
2: we're not driving you completely insane (laughs) while you binge listen to us. Okay, so, uh, Will writes, you guys have discussed numerous times how to tell when your buds are ready to harvest. My question is, what indicators are you
1: looking for before you start to flush? Ah, this question I get a lot. How do I know when to flush? Um, It's kind of hard to answer because you kind of have to know your strain. There's not really anything to technically indicate to you that you're two weeks or a week from harvest. Uh, it's kind of an in, in, an intuitive thing. And if you take good notes, uh, if you've grown the strain a few times and you've taken great notes, then you'll know exactly what to do when. Uh, if you don't have those notes, you're basically going to have to rely on the flowering times that you were given. So let's say we're talking about an eight-week strain. Uh, basically, right around the sixth week is of flowering is when you're going to want to start the flush. Uh, if you want a shorter one, you start it at the seventh week but there's really there's really no like physical thing that you can look at on the plant to know when to start the flush. Uh, a lot of people this you know harvest sneaks up on them in a way, and they never get a chance to flush and they end up with bud that doesn 't burn right because they didn 't know when to begin the flush um, so basically you 're either going to be relying on the flowering time that's given to you by the uh, the people who created the strain. And then just work your way backwards, you know, two weeks or a week, depending on how long you want to go with flushing for. Um, Or you're relying on notes that you've taken from having grown this plant before and then uh, knowing exactly, you know, okay, I I like to harvest on day 65. So I'm going to start the flush 14 days earlier and, you know, act accordingly. But nothing on the plant is going to really indicate it to you. I mean, obviously... If the trichomes are clear and starting to go cloudy, that's a good sign that you might want to start flushing for sure. But you might also be uh, a week late, so uh, know your strain and uh, trust your breeders, I guess.
2: And like so many things with growing pot, it's trial and error. You know, yeah. it's, it's I mean, just... you learn
1: it by doing it, and yeah. and and like I said, take copious notes. Make sure you have a calendar that really. Uh, details how, what the plant looks like at every stage of growth, and then you can always refer back to that.
2: You know, if you're taking notes while you're growing out weed, it just means that you're not going to fuck up on the same thing <laughs> the next time you do it. It's going to save you from, from making the same mistake again. So,
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: All right, cool. So thank you, uh, Will. He actually did write, um, uh, is the trichome start clouding, is that a good indicator? So yeah did address i mean isn't it so. is
1: an, a, that is a good indicator uh that you definitely need to start flushing but uh some plants will start to go cloudy and then still be growing for another month so um yeah i mean like a long flowering sativa you just have to dial in and know what you're dealing with and what what the actual harvest date is and work your way back
2: okay so thank you will uh let's move on to jj terps very nice, nice. name yeah jj terps it's like a, a marijuana JJ Watt, I guess. <laughs> JJ Terps. He writes, uh, "Dear Mister Danko, very formal. Um, I should first state my primary goal is to have the best quality cannabis possible. Larger yields, while they are of course preferred, are secondary. I currently grow plants in a cocoa perlite mix with mostly synthetic nutrients. Uh, trying to sort through the hype and the marketing on the bottled nutrient companies, of the bottled nutrient companies is exhausting." I'm very seriously considering throwing out all the bottles and building a soil that will nourish my plants throughout their life, make my own compost, botanical, enzyme teas as needed to supplement it. But I'm a little scared to jump off the cliff. I've been brainwashed by bottles. So I'm unsure whether uh, to start building a soil or keep feeding my plants but maybe switch to an organic nutrient. Curious what your opinion is. What do you think?
1: Well... Uh, like a, if, if, if quality is what you're after, then I think you're on the right track by uh, switching from synthetic to organic practices. Now, you don't have to give up bottles altogether. There's organic bottled nutrients uh, that you could use, even with the exact mix that you have. You have cocoa and perlite. So there's bottles you can switch to uh, that are not synthetic that you could use for that. Now, your idea of building a soil and having a living soil— and all of that. I mean, that's the ideal, in my opinion. And using veganic um, nutrients uh, is amazing and creates a very clean, burning, and great tasting product if done properly. Um, it's a trial and error thing, though. You know, when, when you switch from synthetics to soil, you're, you're dealing with uh, a lot more issues. I mean, obviously, uh, pests are more of an issue because um, some of the products that you're using are, you know, decaying plant matter, decaying. Uh, you know, things that bugs like, basically, you're creating the, the environment that they like to live in and, you know, using the things that they like to eat. So uh, you might have an issue with pests that you'll have to deal with, uh, you know, also in an organic manner, um, which, you know, can sometimes be difficult when it's an infestation. Uh, There's other things too. I mean, just dialing in the nutrients, uh, organic nutrients tend to be much milder than synthetic nutrients, which are much more concentrated. So um, you might need more, more nutrient uh you know you might have to adjust to adding more nutrients to your to your uh, plants now if you've got that living soil that you're talking about where you're feeding the soil and just uh adding things to it uh, that constantly sort of feed that then uh you're on the right track but again um you don't get there immediately it's a a road that you you travel uh, i highly recommend checking out grow kashi k-a-s-h-i um on, they're on Facebook and I think you can probably just Google grow uh, Kashi um, I think it's just GRO without the W but uh, amazing products and amazing information there about you know using beneficial microbes uh, all kinds of enzymes and all the things that you're talking about the living soil that feeds the roots and the roots feed the plant and it becomes this uh, you know uh, syst- you know working system where you really don't have to add. Uh, any kind of nutrients because they're all you know basically there uh, in your soil uh, all right. much easier accomplished actually you know outdoors or in a greenhouse than in, in you know in a closet or an indoor grow space but um, you know you can always check out vegan matrix nutrients you can always check out earth juice and things like that there's a lot of ways that you can um, transfer to organics without it being super daunting like jumping off a cliff or anything
2: does sound like that JJ Terps maybe had his um, awake from the Matrix moment here and uh, <laughs> realized that he got a, he has to break away from these bottles. So. Yeah, I
1: mean that's the thing. I, not, that's not to say that you can't grow great pot with synthetic nutrients. Sure. I mean I've yeah. grown. Uh, you know, cannabis cup winners have been grown with GH three part. So, and if you want yield, that's a that's, that's probably the best and, way to do it. And and it and, you know you're not going to clog any of your drip emitters and your sprayers or anything like that. Synthetic nutrients do obviously have a place in you know cannabis growing but if like if like you said it's all about the quality of the the finished product not the quantity and and the density or anything like that um then make the switch to organics and uh see what you find all right cool so thank you jj terps uh
2: let's move on to our buddy carlton we know carlton he writes us all the time yep he says uh can i get a shout out for me and my twin's birthday it was october 2nd uh what do you think yeah yeah related shout out
1: Yep. <laughs> shout shout out, to out to your twin's birthday. And um, yours, roof, I suppose, roof. if you're a twin. It would have to be it's both it? of their... Birth. Oh, it's not his children that are twins, it's him and his twin?
2: Oh, that's a good question. So he says, can I get a shout out for me and my twin's birthday? So I guess him and he has a twin. Depends
1: on if there's an apostrophe or not.
2: Well, then... No, but then it would have. he would have to be born on the same day as his children who are twins. Whereas this way, it's just him and his twin.
1: But when you're twins, you just say <laughs> my twin.
2: Well, that's what he said.
1: But is there an apostrophe or is it No, twins? but punctuation is not always the strongest in these
2: emails. So maybe he just missed the apostrophe. Well, either way, Carlton, shout out to
1: <laughs> you and your twin or you and your twins. Right.
2: And the, bo- the bottom line is we yeah. don't care. We'll shout out any, Yeah, know, we, we support you, Carlton. We wish you a happy birthday
1: and your twins also. Right on. Right on. And that was the question too, just to shout out.
2: Well, he says, uh, you guys rock. Keep it up. Oh, keep up the awesome. Oh, cool. So, Thanks, Carl. We'll try to. I think I sent him some stickers, too. I'm sure you did. All right, so uh, shout out to Carlton and his twin his brother twin... or twin sister or, or his... twin children. Yes.
1: There's I think the... twin brother. That's what I'm guessing. Terrific.
2: Okay, so thank you, Carlton. Please keep uh, those comments and questions coming. Let's move on to Ken. And Ken has a question about autoflowering. Uh, hi, I'm preparing my first grow with an indoor grow box. I believe I read somewhere that autoflowering seeds mature in a shorter time than regular seeds. Generally speaking, one week to 10 days earlier, is that correct?
1: Uh, this kind of harkens back to the puff puff pass about flowering, uh, plants as soon as they, they root, because you can technically, you know, have a, uh, one or two week veg time and flower right after that, um... Auto-flowering plants do it automatically. You don't have to switch the cycle to twelve twelve. They'll do it uh, regardless of the photo period. So they tend to grow about uh, two to three weeks vegetatively and then begin flowering, no matter what you do. Uh, whereas if you're growing from clones or seeds uh, that are regular, you you dictate when they start flowering. So you're right. Uh, in in a natural setting outdoors, the auto-flowers are going to flower. Sooner and save you some time uh, in your grow cycle, uh, but keep in mind the thing that makes autoflowers autoflower also takes away some of the potency, and that's the Ruderalis genetics. That uh, you know, that's that Russian hemp sort of genetics that automatically flowers because it's from you know it's from so far north that it doesn't you know it doesn't really uh, it, the season is so short that uh, that those plants have developed auto flowering tendencies problem is it's kind of like a hemp plant that's been crossed with a ganja plant so uh, potency levels will be lower now i'm not anti autos i know they have their place and uh that place is high altitudes and uh you know people living far north where they have very short seasons or people who want to grow plants uh in the summertime or in spring and summer and have them flower before you know rippers or cops or or uh you know mold or powdery mildew or anything like that can attack them so uh yeah i mean i guess you know you but you don't have to grow autoflowers in your grow tent uh and if it's really just about saving a week or two in grow time you can grow any kind of plant and start flowering it after two or three weeks if you want uh which is basically the same sort of thing as an autoflowering plant
2: sounds good to me so uh we hope that helps ken um yeah, all right, so we're running out of time here. Let's move on to one last question. We will go with Jay, who writes, uh, Dear Mr. Danko, greetings. Out of a pack of six feminized sour tangy seeds from Reserva Pravada, I was blessed to find one I was blessed to find one really nice pheno. Uh, it's an indica-dominant pheno, which is loaded with resin and finishes in less than 50 days. It hasn't proven to be a great yielder, but I'm learning to dial it in, and my latest harvest was the heaviest so far. Uh what can I expect from my sour tangy mother moving forward? Is it almost sure to her me at some point? If I grow out a batch of clones and they her me, does that mean that the next batch of clones I grow out from that mother are going to her me too? In other words, if a crop hermes, should the mother of those clones be immediately discarded? So what do you think about
1: this? Uh, this is an interesting one. I mean I like I said, I don't recommend uh using uh Feminized seeds to grow mothers out, but if you've already done it and the plant's uh, growing all right, then, you know, just hang on to it. And if it does anything funny, I mean, if it does hermaphrodite uh, or if the clones hermaphrodite, um, then, you know, you're going to have a problem uh, and you might as well discard the mother plant. But if you have a great sour tangy mom that came from feminized seeds uh, and it's not her- herming on you, I mean, obviously only the clones are going to hermie because the mom has never been flowered so uh if the clones don't her and they grow great seedless pot that you enjoy uh growing and enjoy smoking then for, by all means hang on to the sour tangy mom uh but like i said if the tendencies are uh you know 50 50 or anything if there's any hermes that come out of that uh you might want to go and get a, a sour tangy regular seeds and grow a mother plant out of the regular seeds um, the bonus of that, too, is that they'll have hybrid vigor, which feminized seeds don't really uh, accomplish that um, F1 hybrid uh, kind of vigor that you get uh, from two, two plants that uh, are bred together that are, are very different from each other actually end up being something stronger than both parents in some cases. And that's that F1 first filial generation uh, of growth that you can get out only out of regular seeds and only out of F1 hybrids. So. Uh, my recommendation as always is, uh, grow your mother plants from F1 hybrids that are from regular seeds. But if you have a great feminized mom that, uh, produces great bud that you really enjoy, uh, and especially like something like sour tangy, which is an amazing strain. Uh, and if it doesn't, uh, give you any indication of herming, then hang on to her and keep her as your mother plant. Uh, but also look into maybe getting regular versions and uh, growing those out over time. And I think you'll find that it'll be a better representation of the strain ultimately. All right,
2: cool. And uh, we are just about out of time here, uh, but he asks one more question, which we kind of covered in your pheno hunting cultivation tip a couple weeks ago. But if you just want to give us a quick uh, take on this, he says, uh, I find it's generally recommended that you use regular seeds when searching for a pheno. What are the reasons for this?
1: Uh, well, the, the main reason is uh, feminized seeds uh, – the reason people grow plants from feminized seeds is to avoid growing out males, right? So they can plant them and know that, okay, I'm not going to get any males uh, and I'm going to get all, an all-female crop here, uh, which is great when you're growing outdoors and, you know, you, you might not be there to, um, to monitor whether males pop out and, and kill them before they flower and seed up the crop. Um, but the convenience of that comes with a caveat because – um, some of the plants could turn out to be hermaphrodites due to the genetics, because what you're doing is taking a, a female plant and and you know forcing it to become a hermaphrodite and then selfing itself and then from that um, you know choosing and determining which are the f- the female seeds in which uh, might produce hermaphrodites and and slowly but surely sort of uh, breeding out those hermaphroditic uh, tendencies in order to get feminized seeds and at the same time you are sort of watering down the genetics in a way. I mean, the DNA is not going to be the same. You've selfed the plants into S1s instead of F1s. Um, So they just don't have the hybrid vigor. Um, They're more susceptible to, you know, things like stress and light leaks, uh, fluctuations in their environment that could make them herm out, uh, much more so than plants that are grown from regular seeds. Because, like I said, they're females and they're, they're, you know, they're pretty aggressive about their, their their femininity, basically, is, um, you know, they haven't been selfed, they haven't had to go through some strange process um, of stress or anything like that. So that's why I would say go with regular seeds from a reputable reputable breeder um, that are F1 hybrids that are going to exhibit the hybrid vigor, um, which is, like I said, a tendency to grow even stronger than some of their parentage. Um, That's why mother plants grown from regular seeds, in my opinion, are far more desirable uh, than those are, that are made from feminized seeds, uh, the strong genetics is a major part of it, and uh, you know just the fact that you don't even have to worry about really looking out for uh, hermaphrodism when you grow from a female that's grown from regular seeds. I mean, obviously you have to stay vigilant, but uh, but it's less of a threat by far than if you're growing from feminized.
2: Okay, very good. Uh, thanks to everybody who wrote us. If you have a question that you would like Dan to answer on this show, uh, you could reach us. Freeweed at hightimes.com is our email. Also on Twitter, he is at Danny Danko. I am at myqs underscore. We're going to take a little break, but when we come back, we're going to wrap it up with Raw.
1: Yes, indeed. All right. Awesome. I hope you guys are still around here. Uh, we are wrapping it up with Raw Papers, episode number 86 uh we are very excited about this one (laughs) tweet us you know send us a message on facebook uh and support the hashtag free weed you know uh it's important to uh to spread the word to people because uh uh, the more that people grow the better it's going to be for all of us and uh i want to thank Jacques and winstrong as always for the song at the beginning i want to thank uh bill bratton for being a total douche (laughs) (laughs) and uh of course uh yeah Series J for the Sirius science J. update. Just yeah, science, stuff. very exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of you who wrote in uh, questions for the Q and A, and everybody who supports us out there on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Never mind uh, Instagram for now. I'll keep you posted <laughs> on that one. Uh, but yeah, man, I think uh, episode eighty six has been eighty sixth. Let's put it in the books. <laughs>
2: all right um wait wait. don't include the burp